I need help. I need more faith. I need a new start. I need to work harder on my career. I need to find me. I need to get my groove back. I need a fucking drink. I need new clothes, money, babysitter, booty call. Oh, oh, oh. I need it all. This is Red, and I've got the Red Print. Ah, welcome to the Red Print, episode six. Not sure what I'm going to call this one. Uh, maybe I'll call it Momager. It's Red, and I have the one and only Mrs. Tina Douglas on the line. Welcome. Thank you, Red. Thank you very much. And yes, you can call me Tina. You can call me Momager, <laughs> and uh, or you can call me the original Momager, which is right. what my... Um, Instagram is as okay. well. And I'll, I'll tell you later on the story behind that. But um, thank you for having me. Thank you. Okay, so for those that don't know, and I'm sure you all know, this is the one and only Ashanti's mom, the talented Ashanti. Um, now, I had a chance to meet you in St. Lucia at a festival, but I will say this. I can't remember what show I was watching but I've seen many times, I should say, Ashanti big up momager and she says it with a smile. So at first I thought she was like joking, like, oh, you know, my momager, you know what I mean? But then I realized, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this mom is really a momager. Like, this is big. Really? I mean, yeah, you are industry. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the first. And mm-hmm. the reason why I, I, I'll sometimes refer to myself as the original momager is not because I was the one that um, started or created that name, but mm-hmm. I was the one that embraced it. A lot of times you have moms that are managers and do not embrace it for obvious reasons, such as, you know, there's a stigma of, oh, if you call yourself a momager, that means you're a stage mom. Right. And my my particular feeling on that is that, well, you're a stage mom anyway. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I put my name on it. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I've Mm -hmm. been calling myself Mama Joe since 2003, 2004. Right. I like it. And it it definitely has stuck with uh, Ashanti and has stuck with you in the industry. Now, let's go back. I was, you know, uh, before I went to St. Lucia, because I knew I was going to meet Ashanti, I've never interviewed her before. Uh, Ja Rule and Ashanti did an amazing job on a stage, and I was so proud. You heard me when I came backstage. I was, like, in the tent. I was like, Shanti, like, I smiled. I felt happy for her. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I was like, she sound good. She looked good. I mean, I haven't seen her perform in in a few years, but it's like nothing has changed. Like, she did not miss a beat. And first of all, how proud were you to see her perform in St. Lucia? You know what? I'm going to tell you something. Um, Mm -hmm. I have watched her perform worldwide all over sometimes a 15 minute show sometimes the show that's 127 minutes and I still get the same feeling like I'm on tour (laughs) with them right when they go on tour when it's either her and Ja or sometimes she's on tour by herself but she'll do a European tour by herself she'll do a tour in Japan and it's just me and it doesn't matter because when I hear those songs when I see her face and more important when I see the faces of the audience, right, it just makes me so proud. And mm. sometimes I tear up because, you know, her journey is not like anyone else's. And to maintain her integrity and her image and everything 
that's very difficult for a woman in a man-dominated world, it's difficult. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I have so many Mm -hmm. questions for you. I was going to, well, first of all, when I saw your face on the stage, because I was looking at you, um, because mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to connect with you ahead of, ahead of the show. Uh, when I saw you and I just saw you like, you know, you were enjoying it and that's important. Um, but how, oh, do, yeah. how did you deal with a male dominated industry? I mean, I've been doing this for 17 and a half years and I remember a lot has changed for myself in radio. Uh, you know, when artists would come in, the respect when they see a woman there uh, and now it's like a, to- it's like night and day. What about you? I can't even imagine what you went through. You know, being on tour with Ashanti, who's beautiful, you're beautiful. It's like, oh, gosh. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to tell me what helped me and what mm-hmm. kind of, like, set my foundation. Like, my background, basically, is I'm from the computer world. So I worked in the computer world, which is a male-dominated world, you know, white-collar world. I worked with IBM. I worked with Digital Equipment Corporation. And I used to have... You know, I had three strikes. I was young, I was black, and I was a woman. And I learned in the corporate industry, politically, that's what it is. But I had to match my skills with everyone else's skills. Mm -hmm. And that would be whether it was a man or a woman. And I just had to match those skills. And not only did I match, I overexceeded those skills. So I took that political information um, that, that I absorbed, I retained, and then I acted on. And from there, once I found out that my daughter had talent and I was going to pursue that with her based on what she wanted to do, then I said, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to take politics from this world and mm-hmm. bring them into that world. And it wasn't any different. And yeah. so you just have to have confidence. You have to have self-esteem, and you just have to let them know, I'm just as good as you. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm better. (laughs) So if you don't walk in the room, if you don't walk in the room with that armor on and that guard, then you might as well just sit down and be cute. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. God bless me, you know, that that, that I, I have some skills. But, you know, those skills are utilized in both worlds. So... You know, my mentality, mm-hmm. and I use my brain. And, and a lot of times, a lot of women don't go for the brain first. They go for that, that, the outside instead of the, the, the inner side. Right. You, know? you brought it from the beginning. I see it. Um, here's from a, day one. From day one, you got to. And here's another question. Uh, I was reading that you were a dance teacher, and you saw, first of all, When's the first time, like, I read something that you heard uh, Ashanti singing, and then you were like, wait a minute, like, you knew your daughter had talent. Right. Was it before that? I think it was a Mary J. Blige song, was it? You know what it was? The whole thing started was, um, I taught dance even up to the time I was, like, nine months pregnant with her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that was my life. And oh. so, and it was like, and it wasn't even, it was more like hip-hop, street dance, ballet, dance, tap, African. You know what I mean? Right. And it was um, not necessarily trained by professionals. I didn't get trained by professionals, which was Alvin Ailey. I used to dance with Alvin Ailey until years after. And I just knew in my heart that when she was born, that she was going to have some talent. And so 
you know, at the end of the day, I had, I had, I was a mother that had to bring my child with me everywhere I went, you know, because my husband worked two jobs, I worked three jobs. End of the day, I knew it and I felt a comfort level. And I'm like, as long as she's potty trained, <laughs> she's going to dancing school. So I thought she was going to be a dancer. Right. But lo and behold, yeah, lo and behold, she ended up being a singer. Um, and, and my husband was in shock. I was in shock because we we were just regular middle-class people that lived on Long Island. You know, I was happy with my two cars. I had a sports car. My husband had a car. We were cool. You know what I mean? But when I found out, like, but I would make my kids do chores. Like, Ashanti had to vacuum. She had to wash dishes. She had to do something. So this week, she had to vacuum. I said, no TV, no music, no nothing, no radio. And I and I heard all this music. I ran downstairs, and it was her. Wow. Mary J. Black, and I was like, oh, that was you? She said, yeah, ma, I wasn't, you know, listening Aww. to the radio, and I wasn't. That was me singing, and it was Mary J. Black's reminisce, and she was singing it verbatim, word for word. Wow. And, and You're giving me goosebumps. Started. Right. You're giving me goosebumps. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Uh, with moms and daughters, there's a thin line with jealousy. I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, it's, uh, you know, meeting the two of you, you guys were like more like sisters. I, I, there was still was that mom daughter feel like I could hear mm -hmm. you guys. Um, mm -hmm. and you reminded me of a lot of, you know, my cousins and, and even my mom and myself, but how mm -hmm. do you support your daughter's dream? And, you know, you see that she's talented. How do you support her dream and put, you know, and put yourself and put her first? How do you do that as a parent? Because some parents, might look at it like it's too expensive or, you know, they're too caught up with their own life or maybe jealousy. Mm -hmm. You know, they say that sometimes mothers are jealous of their daughters. How did you put Ashanti's needs first? Because what, that's such a funny question. It's like, I don't know how to do anything else. Uh, you know what I mean? Like right. when, when I found out I was pregnant, my life, she changed my life. Like, and I still feel the same way to this day when I found out I was pregnant, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it's like, we didn't, they didn't ask to come here. We brought our children here. So right. we are responsible to make sure that they not only get things that they want, but first and foremost, they get things that they need. I'm done. Like my life revolves around I have actually two daughters and you met my youngest daughter also. She right. has her own clothing mind. Beautiful. I'm so so I'm juggling two kids. So when you told me you have two children and they're like twenty years apart, <laughs> I'm saying that's a challenge that I don't want. Right? <laughs> you know? I don't want that challenge because even with with my girls being the number of years they're apart, it's like you still have to split yourself between two two children, but you have to make sure that the level of attention and importance you have to give and divide between the three of you. I have to have, if I don't give time for myself, I can't do anything for Ashanti or anything for Kanishia. So, but with Ashanti, it was like, again, she didn't have to come here. I brought her here. So it's my job. I don't know anything else. And, you know, we don't even have paperwork. Like, there's no paperwork. I do it for the passion. I love mm -hmm. it. I mean, I genuinely love what I do. And there's no paper between us. And if she said to me, Ma, I'm done with this music world, I'm going to go and get a degree in forestry. And I'm going to go live in a forest and cut trees and get bark and You'd take be cool. and whatever. 
I'd be right there with her. Right. Not to be cool. I would be right there with her because my job as a mom is to support and give you all the tools that you need. And I'm going to provide you with all the values for me and my husband. We're going to instill the best values that we can. And then you take the ball and run with it. But in terms of support, I'm right there. As long as you want me, I'm right there. It's simple. Like, that's the simplest way that I could put it. Like, you have to have a love for your kids that goes above and beyond the norm. And I think, I don't know, it might be to a fault sometimes. You know, and I say that, yeah, I say that only because I know when she was growing up and she was a teenager, I made it difficult for her because I'm like, you're not, you're not regular. Like, you're just not regular. Wow. And she wasn't. That's oh, profound. Yeah. That's very profound, actually. That's some real talk. Right. That's some you real know, talk to say that. Mm-hmm. And I never, and when I said that, she wasn't even a Shanti then. She was just my daughter. Right. And I just knew, I'm like, you're not regular in my eyes. You're, you're everything that I want in a daughter. And mm. it's my job to make sure that if there are mistakes that I make, we're going to make them together. Like in our relationship, there is no dictator. We communicate. It's not a dictate. We communicate. So that's why everybody that perceives us the same exact way you did and it's genuine it's because she is my best friend and I love her to death. And if I have, I'm, I didn't get a book to, to tell me how to raise kids. I didn't get a book to tell me how to get in the business. I didn't know nothing about this music industry. As a matter of fact, I was told when I got in it, don't get in it. Cause you're <laughs> not going to make it because you're too sincere and honest. Oh, it's wow. not going to happen. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I got to take this to the level that I feel comfortable and, and, and primarily because I made my husband a promise that I would be there through thick and thin all the time with her to support her because he was in the business and it failed. He had bad management. You know what I mean? He used to sing with R&B groups. You know, that's where she gets her singing from her wow. dad. Wow. That's where you all know? the talent comes from, the parents. And they all say that our kids are supposed to be better than us. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I see what you're saying. It's about, you know, going into it from the beginning and having faith in your child. And, and that's day what it's about. One. Yeah, day one. Also, I read that, you know, the name Ashanti has a, a great meaning. And you purposely picked it because it was feminine. And tell me about that. Okay, and, and, and not even so much it was feminine. It mm-hmm. was primarily because the name means woman of strength. Sorry, yeah, woman and of strength. When, exactly. And mm-hmm. what happened was when I was in my ninth month of pregnancy, I had not chosen a name yet, but I didn't care because right. I knew that something was coming, and I had been looking, and my husband had been looking, and I was sitting on the couch before he came home from work one day, and a movie came on, and it was called Ashanti. So it had a nice ring to it, but I said, all right, let me just check out the movie first. Let me see what it's about first and see what this <laughs> Right. I love that name. And when I found out it was the name of a tribe in Ghana mm-hmm. and it met women of strength because the women in that tribe in Ghana were all strong and they were like the highest on the totem pole. They weren't low. Like that, that whole woman empowerment for me, it started then when I was pregnant, I was like, that's what I'm naming my daughter because she's yeah. going to be a woman of strength. And that's, I wanted it so bad 
that because I knew what the world was. I knew what I was living. I knew as a teenager and I, used, I knew as a young adult. And I knew once I got my first job, all the trials and tribulations that I was going through just as a woman, that I would never have my daughter go through that. And I was going to instill those values. So that's what her name means. And, you know, she's very proud of that name. And I think when she was like in 10th grade or 11th grade, she had to do a, a story on her name. And she got an A plus on that particular because she already knew. Right. You know what I mean? Because at first I felt a little bad because you know how you go in these stores and they got these little twirling and uh, uh, racks and they have Mary and Yeah, Johnny they and, never have my name you know, either. Don't worry Leslie, about it. <laughs> they're never going to have her name. They would always have my name, Tina. Right. So I said, you know, that just means you're special. That's Aww. all that means. And that means that I got to go order a special plate for you. You know, like a plate around her neck when she wanted. It had to be ordered. I couldn't get her pencils, you know, with her name from the general store. I had to order it. And I said, do you know how special that makes you? Not everybody's right. going to have the same thing. And when they look at you, whose name you think they're going to remember? Beautiful. And those are the kind of things that I had to tell her. And then once that sunk, she just took the ball and rolled with it. It was like, I am a shanty. <laughs> You, you know, know what? what? I, mean? I think you and your husband, I know this, you guys gave her that, that platform, that foundation. And, uh, yeah. you know, especially for single moms, like I've been there and that's why I try so hard right now. And the same thing happened with me with Shiloh's name. My, my second son's name is Shiloh. So he's oh, on, I love that. thank you. He's on October 9th. Uh, he's days away he from Ashanti's birthday. Yes. I know. Yeah, but when I read exactly. that, I was like, whoa. Um, and I was pregnant. I didn't have a name and his dad walked in and I saw Shiloh and I didn't even know. I was like, if it's a boy or a girl, it's happening. And it said, Prince of peace, the Messiah. And my spirit just took to it. And he walked in, he looked at me, he goes, okay. And you know, we were happy about it. He's also African. So when I saw Shanti, there was so many connections and so many parallels with you. And that's why I love that. Yeah. It was just weird. And I I didn't even know that that before I met you. So Yeah, um, and I my think, husband said mm-hmm. the same thing. He came in and he was like, "Okay, cool, let's go with that." I love that. Wow. Yeah. Now let's talk yeah. about that. Um, you know, being a career woman, a mom, uh, a wife—like, how did you juggle it all? And what are the uh, secrets to a successful marriage, like, or a, su- a successful relationship, at least? You know what? Um, the key to it is to understand the reality of the situation. And it's with any relationship, but more so with your partner and, and the man that you are going to spend the rest of your life with. When you make a commitment, you have to adhere to those, uh, I don't want to call them rules, but what you agree to when you got married. And life is not going to be a bowl of cherries which means your marriage is not going to be a bowl of cherries. There are going to be ups and downs, but you're going to learn each other and you're going to learn when to push buttons and when not to. You're going to learn that he's the only one that can push your buttons and I'm the only one that can push his. And then once you learn each other, we're still learning each other even now as adults that have adult children because, you know, you have to understand that there's a war out there. And that war is in any relationship. So sometimes in order to win that war, you have to lose a battle. So 
So you just have to pick and choose the battles that you're going to lose. Say, for example, there's some idiosyncrasy things that your your partner has or your husband or whatever has. And you're like, oh, my God, if he does it one more time, I'm going to slap him. I can't take it. But do you want that or would you rather him be out in the street and get that same food that he smacks his lips with because maybe that gets on your nerves? Like little things like that. You learn to either get over it mm. and live with it, or you say, you know what, this is one thing I'm not going to do. Right. And then he'll do the same thing with you. So, you know, and there's no, um, like, your partners, and, and I believe in equality, but I also believe in there are certain things that, as a woman, you are a woman, and there's certain things, as a man, you are a man. So collectively, you have to communicate and decide, okay, I'm not going for the whole, well, I'm doing this because I'm a man, because I don't care about that. Guess what? I want to do it because I'm a woman. What's the difference? So you have that conversation. So those are the same things that I instill in, in the Shanti, you know, right. from day one. Right. And, I- and that, that helps build her level of confidence that she has, you know? Right. And, you know, like not getting into it, but, you know, like there are good relationships. There are bad relationships. There are the ones that need work. And then there's ones where you've been through hell, but then two people really decide to make it work. Um, You decide. Yeah. Do you think men can change? Do you think like from your experience, do you think that a man can like learn from his mistakes and really truly step up? 100%. And, and I'll tell you why. And that's through my experience. I can't speak for everybody, right. but I do have faith because, hmm. you know, everyone knows, you know, I don't think any man will, will, will argue this point, but every man knows that a woman matures at a faster rate. And you know what? That man usually catches up. It might take a little longer, but when they do catch up, it's like, Oh my God, I've been waiting for this for 10 years. Aww. Oh my God, I've been waiting. It's for like this. payday came. <laughs> it's like payday came. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I waited and it paid off. He finally Girl. gets it. That. <laughs> yes, you do need to go to this baseball game because your kid loves you and <laughs> you're not going to get the same love because you sit home watching football. You got to sacrifice. Like, it's all about Mm. sacrifices. And it's not that bad of a thing because what's going to happen is those tables are going to turn in those days that you miss out on certain things. Like, to this day, I I never forget, like, every June at at the school, the dancing school, there was a concert. And the first, when we first started, when I first started going there and I, and I wasn't pregnant, I would try to get him to come to the shows. I said, watch these little kids. He was like, what? I said, well, I'm tell you something right now. When it's your turn, I'm going to prefer that you be there. I'm not forcing it, but I'm going to prefer that you be there. Do you know the first one he went to? He's been at every single concert, every single one from day one for both girls because he really fell in love with the whole showmanship thing. So they Aww. don't even, sometimes they say no without realizing that you're going to enjoy it. Right. So he, no? came, he came around on his own. He came around on his own because the first time he saw her dance, because I was trying to get him to come to kind of prep him for, guess what? This was going to happen. The show was built around the theme. And, you know, this show is about um, Pippin, 
you know, or the Wiz or something that these kids are really getting into. And he's like, well, whatever, you know. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to force it, but I told him, I said, I think you should go just to get, nah, I'm not into that, you know. He was a basketball player, it's all about playing ball, whatever, whatever. But when he saw his child up on that stage. It changed everything. It changed everything. And it got to a point where he would look forward to it because it was always in June around Father's Day. Right. So he was like, don't worry about the gift. Let's just get to the concert first. Aww. And celebrate Father's Day. You know, it, it was like that. And this was, he's from Do or Die Bedside. He's from Brooklyn. He's hardcore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's one of them. So I think that it, 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 was, it was challenging his so, manhood in yeah. the beginning. Like, I ain't going to no dance recital. But when he saw his child up there, it was a wrap. It was over. Like, he would beat me to the concert. You right. know what I'm saying? What sign the had to be there? <laughs> what sign is he, and what sign are you? I was trying to find that out on 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 Doctor Google, but I couldn't see. Oh no, no, I'm Cancer, July 13th, and he is a Sagittarius. I December knew 19th. it. I knew That's he was so Sag. You know that? <laughs> I knew really? it. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking, and I was I was thinking about family and Sagittarian men are very family-oriented, extremely. Very, um, very, very, very much so. Yeah, and they can get miserable like, sometimes, and they, they can be a little selfish, not with money, but, like, with, you know, they want to watch a TV show, and you know, they can yep. get a little grumpy yep. bear. Um, yep. But I had a yep. feeling. I like cancers, too. They tend to hold, you know, some things in. They got that outer yep. hard shell, which I saw with you, you know, your yep. mama bear. You were in mama mode. You were in momager mode, yeah. I should say. But uh, you know what? It was right. it was like I split myself between mom and manager, and I'm in manager mode. I'm getting people out, bringing people in, letting them know, no, you're not gonna. It, it like there are rules in in in, in a procedure in, right. in my camp, and it's like you can't do stuff at the last minute. You can't come up and tell me, oh, I got ten people, I need her to go to the press room. Well, you needed to send <laughs> me an email. That's what you needed to do. Right. And you know what? I just got to be real curt and straight because there's no time for fluff, and I got to be real. You know what I'm saying? But you go and see the other side when it's, oh, my God, my baby just got up the stage. I love right, you. you know? Right. It was a crazy atmosphere. It was a good show. Yeah. It was a great show. And, you know, Ashanti was, looked like she was well prepared for it. I really enjoyed it. Um, she did make some comments on the stage about, you know, ladies, we all been there. I loved when she said that. And she was like, you know, doesn't matter who you are. We've all been through the BS with men. Um, she didn't say in those words, but pretty much. And here's my question. As a mom, not as a momager, but when your daughters come to you, not just Ashanti, because I know you have two daughters, when they come to mm-hmm. you and they are brokenhearted, and because, I mean, I, you know, like, I through Ashanti's songs and everything she's penned, you could see, you know, she's been through or seen some things. So when your daughters... Every, every, mm-hmm. Right. When they come to you, what is your advice? Because sometimes moms, you know, it's hard for a mom. They hate the guy or, you know, there's there's some moms that, you know, will come down on you hard. But meanwhile, they they've been through worse. And it's like, hold on, let me breathe. Like, you know, be supportive. So what's your advice? And what's your advice to her about friends, like telling her friends or your, your daughter's you know, when it comes to relationship advice, or do they even go to their friends? Because I think if I had a mom like you, I would just come straight to the source. Like I'm just saying, there are no friends. Like I'm it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And I'm it first, purpose. And I don't even take upon that. It's so crazy. Right. Like because like, I was one. Even back in the day, I was the cool mom. Like Ashanti had a group of seven girls. They called themselves the Magnificent Seven when she was coming up. And those girls, like 
you know, we're from Long Island. Like, it, that's a different breed than Brooklyn and Queens and, you know, the five boroughs. Like, you're a Long Island girl. We call, we call them Strong Island, but they were the Magnificent Seven. Anyway, they would come to me with their issues because that was, they considered me the, the, the cool mom. You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of, like, took it upon myself. But, again, because I have always communicated and I have not dictated, like, I don't have to be sitting by the side worried about, dang, I wonder what's going on. Because they come right to me. Like, we, like that's when the friend right. part comes in. Because I can only tell them what I know through my experience. And I tell them, look, you're going to put this in your mouth. You're going to chew it up and spit it out however you feel. And at the end of the day, that's not my issue. My issue is to give you whatever tools I can provide to help you along. We all been down this road. We all been hurt. We all been mm-hmm. in a position where I don't know what to do, but you just have to maintain your faculties and you have to maintain your difference between your heart and your mind. And sometimes your mind does not take over your heart. Your heart is going to take over your mind and that's okay. But right. if you don't experience that pain, you're not going to really enjoy when that other door closes and one opens, you're not going to be able to enjoy it if you haven't experienced it. So you're going to live through it, but let's live through it together. So, yeah, so you're there for them to just go through it. There's no quick fix, in other words. There is no quick fix. I'd be lying if there was. You know what I mean? And And also, if there was a quick fix, then at the end of the day, that would be doing a disservice to, to them to say, oh, just move on. Oh, forget that. Just move on. You know what I mean? Like you can't move on. The reality of the situation is sometimes you have to experience pain to, to build character. Sometimes right. you have to experience pain to understand who you are as an individual and what right. you can handle. And to grow. 100%. Here's my question too. I mean, I got a lot of questions, but here's one like just like woman to woman as an older woman. Uh, who's been there, who's married. And they all say, too, go to the lady who's married when you want advice. (laughs) They say, don't go to your single friends that, you know, the boyfriend don't even buy them a Christmas gift. Go to your married friends. How do you forgive? How do you, you know, it's one thing not to be with a guy and he's hurt you. And okay, I forgive you from a distance. But how do you stay true? How do you have faith and how do you have forgiveness for somebody that you love and that's hurt you? Like how? You know how? Because uh, I'm the simple for me, and, and I can only speak for me, the simple thing is I have God in my life. And mm. he's first and foremost. Amen. So every moment that I get that I'm home in New York, I'm in church. Like yesterday, we voted as a family. My husband. Both of my daughters, Asante, Sia, we all rode in the car and voted. As we were walking out, who's walking in but the pastor of the church? We're a family. He came and blessed Asante's house. We're, we're, it's a family. It's a family support. So a lot of times, and, and we're lucky enough to have a pastor that's young and can relate. So when he's up in the pulpit, it's like he could talk to a five-year-old and an 85-year-old, and you get the same message. So sometimes it's about, you know, living your life, but understand the reality of, yeah, you're going to go through pain, but these are some of the the, the uh, avenues that you can take and the lanes you can take that's going to help you through this pain. And you know what? It only hurts for a little while. Time is always going to, to help heal because there's nothing you can do about heartache. There's nothing you can do. And the fact is, there are women that will go through that heartache 
over and over again, and sometimes with the same man. You know what I mean? Because for whatever reason, God is saying, you're going to love this man for a while, and he's going to hurt you. But you know what? There's going to be somebody else, somebody else that's going to be waiting for you that you don't have to look for. They're going to find you. You know what I mean? So I truly believe in that. I have God in my life, and, and, and that helps me help my daughter. You know, it helped me through when my mom and my dad passed. You know, so some mm. things you have to prioritize, you know? Right. It, it, it helps. And then we talk through things. You have to talk. And, and again, I don't want to insinuate that neither one of my daughters has friends because they do. You know, they have good friends. But there are some things that your friends cannot walk you through. There's also some things that I can't do for my daughters because they're going to get a different kind of love from their partner. But at the end of the day, it's always about family first. My husband has the greatest relationship with his girl. You know what I mean? Like, they are really daddy's girl. And Mm. they tell him everything. We tell each other everything, so there's nothing to hide. I think it's so important, though. I think it's so important for girls, especially, and boys, to have two parents, to have parents... Um, to have their dads, to have their moms. And I think it's important to have the good cop, bad cop. So who's the good cop, bad cop? Are you the good one or the bad one? We switch up. We switch up. Please believe me. Oh, no, you switch it off. (laughs) And and you know what? Remember when I first started this conversation, I said that you you start to know each other. You know each other so well. And and, and sometimes, even though I didn't mention it, sometimes you'll finish the same sentence because you know each other so well. So we, we can give each other a look and say, you got this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have that kind of relationship. We know each other that well. And sometimes, like, you got to understand something, too. Like, with my youngest daughter, she's a different kind of person because I had to make sacrifices and be on the road with Ashanti. So whether she's on tour, whether she's doing a film, whether she has an endorsement that's going to take her out of the country for two months, like, I have to be with her. So Mm. that means I got to leave my youngest. So what I would do is I always leave this example. The night that Ashanti got her Grammy, right? Right. My youngest daughter played Jan in a play at middle school in the Grease play, right? You know, in Grease, that whole thing. So, you know, Sandy and, you know, the whole John Travolta character. Once Ashanti got her Grammy, I was on the red eye. And the next morning, I was at the play for my youngest daughter, for Jan, backstage, combing her hair, making sure her outfit was right, because I have two daughters. You know what I mean? I have two kids, and I have to be able to do that. I wanted to enjoy that Grammy. I was we partied for an hour. They stayed. I left. I jumped on the the the, the red eye, and I was there the next morning. So you have to sacrifice, and you have to split yourself between uh, your kids, your husband. But you know, and and he has to look out. He's her road manager also. So, but he does her road managing remotely. So it's a family thing. He's like still my involved, daughter, right? Kids. Everybody's involved. My youngest daughter sings on every album. She sings too, but she doesn't want to be in the business that way because she's very authoritative. She wants to own her own. So, but when she first started, she would do background singing. Like she went on tour with with a bunch of other artists, like you know that were big at the time. Um, uh, and and she did background singing, or she'll do like the Jay Leno show. Back then, it was Jay Leno. Now it's like Jimmy Fallon. She'll do background singing, but she refuses to be an actual singer. But the the long and short of it is that at the end of the day, you're going to sacrifice. Like, I have to be on the road. 
you know, and I'm calling her every morning, making sure whatever outfit she's going to wear. And I'm on the set with Ashanti. She's shooting a film, John Tucker Must Die. I'm on the phone with Shia, making sure whatever outfit she has laid out. You know, they didn't have FaceTime then. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I've seen that you've been involved with her. I've I've always seen... You know, I, like I can't like different uh, behind the scenes, whether it's on BT or whatnot. And Ashanti's yeah. always shouting out her sister. She's always shouting you out. And I see her sister's always yeah. involved in the clothing line too. And um, she's working on a lot of things. So I, I think it's really important and I, and beautiful. And I commend you for including the whole family. And I think that that's, you know, that's what it's all about. For me, success is family. For me, success right. is blurring the lines between love, work, and play. And yeah. I can see that. It, it, I, am I right? It's the same thing for you. 100%. And I'll tell you something. Before Ashanti exploded and it was the four of us, you know, it was the same thing. It was one hand washed the other. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I always had two to three jobs. Always, always, always. Because, you know, a middle income is, Sometimes still check to check because you got to make sure that your mortgage is paid, your car payments are like all of those little things that you don't think about now and you thought about then. You know, at, at the end of the day, sometimes I felt like a single parent because mm -hmm. my husband used to work 16 hour shifts, you know? And so I had to do everything, but, and then he would take weekends, but that five days a week, I had to be there. So when I taught dance at night after coming from IBM, working all day, because I was a manager there, you know, when I worked at IBM, I, I used to manage what's called cluster management for information services. So I wasn't, you know, the low man on the totem pole. I was up there training people, you know what I mean? And it was a difficult and intense job, but I had to let that go at five o'clock, go to my car, change and put on my leg warmers in my house. <laughs> And get ready to go teach a class. Like, listen, listen, in Tina, who are you telling? I'm working till seven yeah. live on the radio. And then I got to go home, put the baby down and rush, wait for the nanny to come, get ready, get all sexy. Before I talked to you, I got the lashes did, the eyebrows. And then I'm hosting tonight at an old school. It's old school versus new school. So it's old school on the inside um, at this club called Sugar Daddies. It would have been great if you could have came. But uh, I know it's just go, 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 go. And, you know, before I even got into radio, I was always about my hustle. And I've told younger girls that I literally I stuffed envelopes. I did extra movie work as a single mom. And I went to school and I mean, and a, and a job. And I tell everybody, you know, I tell younger women, especially like get it in there. My first place I bought when I was 25 years old and I was a single mom. And if I could do it, you can do it. You know, uh, it's all about the hustle. You know, uh, do you find that younger, the younger generation, I don't mean Ashanti's generation because that's still the hustle mode. But now, like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have interns. Do you find that they have the same drive as like your generation, Ashanti's generation? Do you find? You know what? I I I do see a difference. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, me too. I've I've noticed it. But let me hear your thoughts. Well, I think my thoughts are the the younger generation. I, I'll call the millennials. I think that they are um, a little spoiled with all of the technology, and mm. I feel that it makes them. I don't want to say lazy, but I think everything is at their fingertips. Like when. Back back when you know kids were were 
using calculators, that was a problem at one time. But now you just Google and you get every answer you want. You know what I mean? So the internet, Snapchat, all of the Instagram, Instagram stories, all of these social media becomes like the highlight of their day. And I think as parents, we're obligated to say, you know what? And especially to the younger kids, go outside, get a ball and play with the ball. That way they keep physical and then, you know, their their mindset gets away from so much of the, I, I can't even say, I don't want to call it smut because it's still, because we, we, we're, we're dealing with smut on a daily basis with, with politics. So I don't want to call it smut, but it's a lot of information out there that kids get that they shouldn't, you know, and now you have the bullying and you have all of this stuff that really wasn't as highlighted, but it is now because it's internet driven. You know, that's one thought. I think the, the older kids are more susceptible because they're doing more reading. They're outside doing physical things. They have friends at the dinner table having a conversation with their parents. And even if they're not at the dinner table, they're having conversations with their friends. Now it's like you can sit right next to your friend and send them a text, you know? So, yeah, they, they are spoiled. I, I agree. And technology definitely has a part to do with that. Uh, last question for you, Tina. What would you, what sure. advice would you give your younger self? Like if you could go back, what advice would you give your younger self? To be honest, I think I followed all the advice because I'm, I'm <laughs> right. it's so crazy. I would set goals for myself when, mm-hmm. even when I was young, when I got out of high school and um, I set goals for myself. So if I didn't make that goal, then I would have to make a transition. And that, that to be honest, it wasn't many goals that I didn't make. Some of the goals that I didn't make would be things like, oh, you know what? I really planned on like scaling getting a, a at least a B in this class. And then I would just be like, you know what? I pass. I got to see. I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like, but those are the kind of things, but think other things when I set goals to be at a certain place at a certain time in my life, you know, but one thing that I would tell myself, or I would reiterate, I'll, I'll say more reiterate than anything is to please, to keep yourself confident, to believe in yourself. And whoever tells you that you can't do something, that should make you do just the opposite, you know? And I think I just would keep just to reiterate that because this business is very difficult. You know, Ashanti's mm-hmm. journey has been very long and, you know, don't give up, you know, keep that drive. Don't give up. And keep your circle small. It seems like, right? Oh, 100%. That goes without saying. <laughs> right. That My circle is tight. You would think it was called Ring Around Tina. Oh, boy. Well, thank you so much. Uh, For those that want to follow you on Instagram, what is your Instagram, please? It is the original momager, and I spell momager mom anger because if you mess with my kids, it makes me angry. That's an easy way to remember. Mom anger. I call myself momager, and it's been since. You'll see VH1. Remember years ago they used to do the fabulous life of this right. and that? Like, you'll see me as a momager then, you know? I love what I do. And, uh, yeah, the original momager. Uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, this interview. Yeah, this interview not only, you know, provided a lot of insight about, you know, your relationship with your daughter. It also helped me when you brought up you know, God and your faith and family. And I can just hear 
you know, your strength and your passion. And I love that it goes right across the board. I wish you all the best, much continued Thank success you. to Ashanti. And uh, we're still going to go for that drink one day, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might have to be cranberry juice with a side of lemon because I'm not an alcohol person. That's but okay. We would definitely go. Would That's definitely okay. Go. Or we'll go for some food. I, I I know I can win you over some food. We could do something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Thank, thank you again. Thanks again to Mrs. Tina Douglas, Ashanti's mom. You know, I, you know, going over to St. Lucia, I knew that I wanted to interview Ashanti's mom. I was praying that she would be on the trip. Little did I know she'd be staying in the exact same hotel as me and that we'd have a chance to connect. So I'm grateful for that. And I hope that you enjoyed this interview and I hope that you can share it with a young woman or any woman or anybody that you feel that can learn and take away from this interview. There's so much, I mean, about faith, about love, about family, and about following your child's passion and dreams. And, you know, Oprah always talks about, you know, an adult kills the light of a child. And I think Ashanti's mom shows us that we are here to have a better life for our children. We are here to make it easier for them. We are here to be supportive for them. And, you know, I, I wish she was my momager, damn it. <laughs> Which brings me to my soul tip of the day. The natural state of motherhood is unselfishness. When you become a mother, you are no longer the center of your own universe. You relinquish that position to your children. And I believe Ashanti's mom shows us just that. Red soul tip of the day. I hope it helped. Thank you to my sponsors at Six Degrees Studios, 348 Danforth Avenue. Go check them out. And now they got this infrared uh, skin tightening thing. I was in there feeling all kinds of brand new, like Forever 21. So go check them out. They have the best in lashes as well as eyebrows and all your beauty needs. Vanessa, Melissa, I love you. And I love all of you. Until next time, be safe, everyone. And thank you so much for subscribing to the Red Print Podcast.